Welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson. On our program, we explore the flip side of every story. And when you open yourself up to both sides, you'll realize that there are life lessons, powerful tools, and so much more. Now, here is Dr. Veerdra Jackson. Hello, and welcome to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. I am Dr. Veerdra Jackson, and I'm excited because we have one of my favorite ladies in the place with us. Having continuing our conversation around harmony over hustle. And Dr. Deborah Witt has an extensive experience. So I want to share her bio and then we are just going to have a powerful flip side conversation. So let me tell you a little bit about her. Dr. Witt is an experienced family physician who trained at the Thomas Jefferson University home of Sydney Kimmel Medical College and continued her career with the Department of Family and Community Medicine for more than 26 years. She works extensively with faith-based and community organizations to promote health and wellness, most recently conducting pop-up COVID-19 vaccination clinics throughout the city of Philadelphia. As medical director, Dr. Witt will lead the Jefferson Collaborative for Health Equities, community screening efforts, engage in organization and healthcare providers to partner with the collaborative to address the untreated and undertreated hypertension, diabetes, and metabolic syndrome in our communities with the Fraser Family Coalition for Stroke Education and Prevention and Closing the Gap Initiatives. Dr. Witt also continues to teach and mentor medical students at the Sydney Kimmel Medical College. And Dr. Witt is passionate about community service and serves on the board of directors with Glory Unlimited Ministries, Teaching to Change Lives Incorporated, and Sugar Mama's Diabetes Prevention and Management. And we are going to have a conversation that health is wealth. Move it or lose it. Welcome to the show, Dr. Deborah Witt. Thank you, Dr. Vidra Jackson. It is indeed a pleasure. I'm so excited. Oh, thank you. I, and I know your schedule is so, so busy. And I truly appreciate that you took the time out for us to have a, a straightforward conversation around paying more attention to our health. And I understand how often um, what we call the hustle culture mm. nowadays has us moving at a pace that can leave us feeling depleted, recognizing, um, promoting actually toxic stress mm. and minimizing self-care. And I know that you are really passionate about improving health and well-being um, for the medically underserved and underrepresented in economically vulnerable communities, yes, especially within the Philadelphia community. And so I guess my first question is, what are your hopes for what the future holds 
for those marginalized communities for such a time as this? Well, you know, it's interesting that you ask about the marginalized communities and people who have lower resources, but it's for all of us. Mm. We Mm -hmm. really, really, really need to prioritize self. And the key word that I always use is prevention. Okay. Because a lot of times we wait until things are falling off or not working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then we run (laughs) faster to provide, try and figure out what's wrong. Mm -hmm. And so my hope is that people will start prevention early so that we don't get to that point where you're like, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs that the the provider's not listening to me. And I had this and I had to go back a couple of times. And so I really hope people understand that keyword is prevention. Mm -hmm. As a family physician, that's been my drive helping people understand the importance of why we ask the questions that we do mm-hmm. and when there's no problems. Yeah. Yeah. Staying ahead of, I think, as I think about just overall culturally, how so many times we are so wedded to our routines and things that we have loyalty to. Yes. And we will <laughs> stay wedded to that loyalty until something tragic is happening and then rush to to want support at that time. Right. But you're saying let's actually become more intentional about being proactive. Yes. Yeah. Definitely before things happen, um, oftentimes I liken it to the engine light on your car. And when we see the engine light, you're like, Uh Uh-oh, I need to get to the shop. Well, we want to make sure that people understand, get to the provider, get to your care um, team before the engine light goes off. But don't ignore Mm -hmm. the engine light because it just might be just a little blink Mm -hmm. and you can get the help that you need. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes we're like, ah, I I can keep driving or I can keep moving. Uh, without taking care of that engine light. And then you have a price to pay. Yeah. And you know what? I feel like you actually are already touching on um, my own story. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a period in time when I started a a nonprofit Mm -hmm. and it actually was a ministry. Okay. And we were committed to serving the community Um, providing not only early childhood programming, but youth programming and family services and supports. Mm -hmm. And I was passionate about it. Yes. Uh, But I was so passionate that I wasn't eating Uh regularly. Mm -hmm. I wasn't drinking my water. And I know how you feel about water. Yes. I wasn't sleeping. Uh Uh-oh. And I worked these unrealistic hours. Mm -hmm. And I literally took myself to the point of complete depletion. And I remember sitting in the doctor's office when she explained the condition that I was in. Mm -hmm. And out of that situation, I now have a condition that I have to take medication for every single day. Mm -hmm. And I try to tell those who 
are leaders who are trying to do amazing, powerful work mm -hmm. that there needs to be harmony in your life because when you continue to operate mm -hmm. outside, you have moved beyond the margins of the page. Right. Your health will, and you allow yourself to get your health to get compromised. Yes. There's a responsibility that we have, especially when we're leaders. What kind of advice would you give those who are passionate about what they're doing, mm -hmm. but they are living way outside of, they're living off the paper. Like right. the margin, <laughs> they're not even on the page anymore. Yes, they're yes. living past the margins of the paper. I think you just have to really identify what's really going on. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. once you identify, say, I'm off the, I'm off the margins, mm -hmm. You got to take a step back and be reminded that you're not the only one mm -hmm. that can do what your dreams are and be transparent and say, I need help. Some Somebody needs to help me. And I often tell my students and, and the participants in my classes, you have to make sure that you are okay with stepping back. You know, mm -hmm. take a moment and say, you know what? No phone calls. Uh, one of my students said, you know, she has the curtains, the darkening curtains so that she can go to sleep at 9 yes. p.m. Yes. Um, and she says her family know, knows not to call after 730. Mm -hmm. I said, really? How does that work? They won't call because she said I'm not answering the phone. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. that's her time, the me time. Yeah. yeah. So really identifying really what you have to do and that it can wait mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to the point that you don't want it to get to the point it's going to destroy your, your, your gift. This is wow. a gift. Our bodies are a gift. Our bodies are a gift. I love that. Mm -hmm. it's, and we have to treat it properly. Yes. So I think you might have stepped on some people's toes and I, and I already want, I want to make sure that you're square on their, on their foot and stay on the and, toes and stay on the toes because what I heard you just say is identify what it is. And, and even if it is actually your ego, mm. not being willing to acknowledge that someone else, if you give them the opportunity, mm -hmm. could take on a project. It may not look the same way you did it. Right. But what is it that's keeping you from releasing, delegating, or allowing someone else to step forward and take charge? Mm -hmm. And also, ego recognizing if you set boundaries mm -hmm. that it's not a sign of your weakness, but it's recognizing that you're being responsible for your gift. Definitely believing what it is that's holding you back. So it may be fear. Mm -hmm. It may be pride. It may be just like, I am the savior, which we already have. So she stepped on your toes, not me. <laughs> not, not me. So so 
I think we all go through that. Mm -hmm. And especially if it's not done the way you want it done. And I am learning, okay, I need to take a moment and I need to step back. Mm -hmm. But for years, I very similar, you, you know, just keep hitting the pavement. I can do it. I can do it to the point people automatically assume. So you train people. Right. To depend on you. And then when they call you, you're like, I got to do it because they're depending on me. Mm. And so sometimes you got to say, okay, I can't or I won't. That's hard. It is hard. I'm curious how many of us have compromised, have actually gotten to the place where we have trained people to expect so much from us. We're exhausted, and then we get mad at them for continuing to ask us to do stuff. But we were the ones that trained them to believe that we will work ourselves beyond our limits. Yes. And it's like a vicious cycle. And the boldness to recognize something that I shared in, I did a session for an organization recently mm -hmm. where I said, you know, taking care of your health as a leader. And when I use the word leader, it's not just about the position, but right. it's that the fact that you influence others. Right. So leadership are parents, caregivers, yes, the, the administrator, but also the teacher, the student. Mm -hmm. We all have areas of influence. Mm -hmm. So as a leader, it is a responsibility, not a luxury to say no. That's a really hard word to use. Mm -hmm. No, mm -hmm. but you have to practice and I always recommend practicing with your accountability partner. I have a very good friend and I do exactly what you say. I get mad. So-and-so wanted such and such, but I still do it. But then I talk to my accountability partner mm -hmm. and she says, but you're supposed to say no. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I, okay. Yeah. And, and puts the mirror up in front of your face and say, this was the assignment and this is what you should be doing. But having an accountability partner that's kind enough to say, all right, we're going to keep letting you keep doing that. And you can complain to me, can't complain to the world, but let's keep working on it. So she always gives me some words of affirmation. You can do it. Give it a try. Don't let them walk over you, so on and so forth. And I'm like, all right, now I just got to remember that. <laughs> In the moment. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have seen you in presentations and your passion is electric. <laughs> and I'm curious, where does that passion come from? You know, you asked that question and I still can't really answer it except mm. for my heart really wants people to understand what us healthcare providers really want to do to help them. And when I see the light bulbs go off in a person in a person's mind and they're saying, now I understand why they say I'm supposed to be drinking my water. I understand why they want to get my weight. 
sometimes people feel like they just don't understand. And so we need to spend the time as providers and we don't have that time. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I really think it's so exhilarating to know that I've helped someone understand why we do the things we do, answer those questions and say, this is why. Yeah. When I when I hear you say that, I've actually never heard a physician put it quite that way. It immediately, as an educator, it made me think about the teacher and the student or um, the pastor and a member of the congregation mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or, you know what, a girlfriend to a girlfriend where you've said something and you see the aha Yes. Wash over them. Yes. And so they now own the understanding and it's not just something you're offering. Right. But they actually begin to own it. Right. And I believe that you build a special relationship with that person once they're saying that aha moment is I own it now. And that's special Mm. because that provider spent the time to help me to understand. And, you know, oftentimes we speak over our patients' heads. And so I like to bring it way down so that it's not as hard to receive. And I'll, I'll give you a good example. My bishop always, when he's teaching, and I said, and I, I read that scripture before and I didn't get that. And so now I'm like, I got it. I would love to see my patients, my students, my participants in any programs that I'm working with really get it. That is so heartwarming for me. Mm-hmm. I think it also um, has me think about when they get it, that's when change happens. Yes. That's when change happens. I can't believe, Dr. Witt, we are already at our first break. Oh. We are already at our first commercial break, and we're going to take a short break, but when we come back, many of you have heard over the past six months, you've heard me talk about um, the Girlfriend Gathering and the power of women coming together every other month to talk about not just inspiration, but strategy. Mm -hmm. And we just had a conversation in our last Metaverse meetup. And one of the girlfriends brought up the struggle with recognizing that I'm getting older and I can't do the things that I used to do. And I've asked Dr. (laughs) Witt, can we talk about getting older? Because my birthday is next week. And (laughs) happy birthday. Thank you. And at 53, I can't do the things I used to do at 35. But there was a shift that I had to own. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd love for us to unpack what, what, how we can shift. Uh, in our bodies, as well as in our mind when we come back from this break. So we'll be right back. Mm 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. On Living Strong, the flip side of adversity, Dr. Veerdra Jackson presents stories and powerful guest experts from business, health, relationships, and faith. Every story has its flip side, and we are here to delve into the story and challenge you to view what has kept you in a singular mindset and turn it into the flip side. When you can effectively do that, you'll experience necessary growth. Tune in live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The White House doctor makes house calls. Listen every week for House Calls with Dr. Connie Mariano. Dr. Connie has served as the White House physician under three U.S. presidents. Now she joins the Voice America Empowerment Channel to help you enrich yourself physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Our guests will include professionals from a variety of fields who will bring you tips that you can apply to your own life. Listen for House Calls with Dr. Connie every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com This is Living Strong, the flip side of adversity with Dr. Veerdra Jackson. To reach the live show today, call into 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at livingstrongllc.com. Now, back to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Welcome back. And I have been having a conversation with Dr. Deborah Witt. And we've been talking about, you know, our health is wealth. And move it or lose it, how are we making a commitment to understanding how important our health is. And in the first segment, you shared that we have to recognize that what we have is a gift. Yes, Our bodies, our temple, the access um, to healthy practices is actually a gift. And before we went on break, I shared in one of our recent Girlfriend Gathering segments, we were talking about really being able to embrace the fact that when we get older, we can't necessarily do the same things that we did when we were younger. Right. But sometimes that can put us into a mindset of discouragement. When I'm curious as a physician, what kinds of conversations or encouragement or strategies mm -hmm. do you offer um, those of us who are getting who are getting older, but still want to remain active, but we're sometimes comparing ourselves to the younger version. <laughs> right. Well, I was, that was the first thing I was going to say is that we should not compare ourselves to others. So that means you shouldn't compare yourself to the older, the mm -hmm. younger you. As we get older, I think of it as a time of wisdom um, and embrace it to the point that you realize I am still here and I have something to offer. So who, who, who needs to know what I know? And so emotionally, you have to think about, I am here 
because I'm a gift and I want others to benefit from it. You are here special Mm -hmm. for a reason. Mm -hmm. And okay, so you can't move as fast as you used to, or you can't do the things that you used to, but you can do something. (laughs) That's when you say, move, keep moving. Not as fast, but keep doing something. I have one of my patients and she's on Instagram moving every day. And I'm like, I can't keep up with her to the point. I believe that she is so motivating for someone who's watching. Mm -hmm. Now, the person who's watching may not be able to keep up, but they are doing something. Mm -hmm. And one of those areas that I spend a lot of time talking to my Um, students um, in my hypertension education class is you have to keep moving Mm. and all movement is good. Whether it's vacuuming, raking leaves, running after the grandbaby, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter long as you are moving. We call it physical activity minutes. You calculate. Mm -hmm. We need to be doing at least 30 minutes per day. So if you're doing more than 30, you're doing good. All right. So so she gave us our first assignment and tip. Yes. That we should be moving physical, what did you call it? Physical, physical activity minutes. Count your mm. physical activity minutes. So if you go shopping, go without money. <laughs> and just okay. Walk. Yeah, and just, just walk. walk at the mall. <laughs> Right. That's what I tell my students. If you're going to go to the mall to do your mall walking, just don't take any money because, you know, if you take the money, you're going to stop. You get distracted. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So 30 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, 150 minutes per week. Mm -hmm. And are there any other uh, strategies or thoughts I think about as uh, I'm getting ready to be 53 next week uh-huh. and I still love to run. Uh-huh. I can't run the same way I did when I was 40, but I still consistently run. Okay. What are some other things besides movement that as we're getting older, we need to be more conscious of? And maybe incorporate into our routines. So there are um, gurus out there that say you don't have to run. Mm -hmm. You could walk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Walking is just as healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, That's one of my favorites is walking, walking, walking. And it's so relaxing. So meditation while you're walking, listen to your music, listen to your Bible study. Just taking a break relieving the pressure. Sleep is another important one. I tell you. We're supposed to get at least seven hours of sleep. And I'm still working on that one. You and me both. Okay. I'm so glad that you said that last part (laughs) because I felt like she leaned in towards me, (laughs) y'all. Like she's getting ready to tell my business. I, I I struggle. I struggle to get seven hours. Yes. Um, as I actually as I've gotten older, I have found it more difficult to um to sleep. Okay. But uh I know 
that I'm doing better than I used to Good. because I'm more conscious. Right, right. I'm more conscious about it. Right. When I think about all of the the organizations and the things that you are committed to, mm -hmm. one of them, I know um, we had one of your colleagues at the Black Women's um, Educational Alliance actually come and talk to us about um, the Sugar Mama's Diabetes Prevention yes. Program. Yes. So can you tell us about it and how um, that programming, as well as the just the overall information, understanding our numbers, how that can impact the quality of our lives? Definitely. Um, Sugar Mama's um, is a colleague of mine. It's her organization, and I am so tickled because we learn things in a group setting about things we never get a chance to question. For example, how important your teeth are regarding diabetes. Okay. I had not. Oh, yes. Wait. I had yes. no idea. So the dentist would come in and explain the mm -hmm. importance of how you need to take care of your teeth. It takes care of your whole body. And, you know, we're just like, oh, yeah, there's just teeth. If they fall out, it's okay. No, that's not that's not good. So we have often have experts come and really emphasize the importance of your feet. Yes, mm -hmm. that's important, too. Of course, diabetes affects the whole body. Mm -hmm. So we, as a people of color, have increased risk of having diabetes. Mm -hmm. So we need to be trying to keep our numbers low mm -hmm. in the pre-diabetes range. Otherwise, we have to go on medication. The other thing that's really exciting is it's a boot camp. And it's only like four weeks. And each week she has a different speaker and talks about these important areas mm -hmm. in our everyday lives. And then we have a chef and gives demonstrations and teaches how to eat right and how to chop up your food the right way and making sure your diet is right, mm -hmm. how you can change it from the old school Southern foods. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's try something different. And you are so excited to try something new. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we get stuck. I think you mentioned that earlier. We get stuck in our ways and this is the only thing that we can have. And I don't do that because that's not how I grew up. Well, this is the time to try something new. Try something new in a small group. You talked about accountability earlier. And um, it, so being able to, one, recognize that there are other ways that we can cook food. Yes. Recognize that someone else will hold you accountable that just because you did that when you were younger right. doesn't mean that you still have to do it now. Well, right, right. And you have experts that come in to actually share how diabetes is, impacts your entire body. Can you tell us a little bit about those numbers and, and how it, sure. it plays out especially for people of color, because I know we're going to talk a little bit about your, the equity project that yes. you work on. So one of the things that oftentimes is I see patients are afraid to know their numbers, but we know our dress size. 
We Ooh. know our shoe size. Uh-oh. So then we need to know what our hemoglobin A1C is. Oh. Which is a number that tells us over a three-month period what your glucose in your blood levels are. And so people get real nervous, like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Yes, you need to know. Because if I know, it gives me a chance to help you understand what you need to do. Same goes for the blood pressure. There are many, many people who have no idea what their blood pressure numbers are and what they mean. And so part of the Jefferson Collaborative for Health Equity is getting out into the community, explaining these numbers, do the screening so you would know and not be afraid mm-hmm. in an environment that you're used to. So you, we may go to a church and you're like, okay, I'll do it because I'm at church because I don't have to go and see Dr. Witt. <laughs> But you're going to see Dr. Witt at church instead. And so what we can do is help you understand if you're at increased risk Mm -hmm. and push you to go and see the provider. Yeah. Yeah. And not be afraid. You know what? Something as I listen to you, it actually took me back to something you were saying earlier Mm -hmm. that we when the caution light is on but if we want to remain blind to it like if i don't know maybe it go it won't away. it'll go away mm-hmm. when that is literally a, a lie that we're telling ourselves and not only does it not go away it just continues to get worse yes and then it's no longer check engine it's engine stopped exactly And we don't realize when the provider says, I need you to go and get this done. It's not waving their finger at you that you're doing something wrong. It's often a chance to say, all right, now, these are some things that you can do to control what's going on. I think, especially after the pandemic, we feel like we've lost control. All of us are just like, you know what? Hands up. I surrender. But there are some things that we can control. And I often ask this in my class. I says, anybody know how to control their age or their ethnicity or their family history? Anybody know how to do that? Raise your hand. Silence. Exactly. (laughs) Crickets. Crickets. (laughs) Because we can't control that. But there are things that we can control. We can control our weight. We can control smoking. We can make sure we eat better. We can take our medicines when the Mm -hmm. provider recommends it. So there are some things that we can do to keep things at bay. So it doesn't get to the point that it's detrimental and you're in the hospital and they're like, there's no hope. Mm -hmm. Okay, not there's no hope, but we got to work really hard to get this under control. So I really think that whenever you see an opportunity to do free screenings, you need to be running to that Mm -hmm. event Mm -hmm. because it also is another gift that you don't have to pay for. And I always say, if you had a gift, you want to open that gift. You don't want to leave it. (laughs) I love that. And it's a mental shift about how, what are you saying about your health? How are you interpreting 
your uh, what you believe to be true about the quality of your health. And again, going back to something you said earlier, when we are able to own our own numbers, recognize what they are, there's a level of power there mm-hmm. as well. You become empowered yes. with really understanding yourself instead of hoping that if I just don't know, there's also a level of helplessness and hopelessness mm. tied to that lack of awareness or knowledge. And do you think it's because of stress? That's possible. Do you think it's because I don't think it can be fixed? That's possible. But you can relieve the stress and you can work on it. Um, I had a a student in her class uh, just the other day. She said she's been doing this six-month hypertension education and support class. And she said she went to her doctor and they were like, what are you doing? She had lost 10 pounds just following the recommendations that we or helping her understand why we are focusing on certain things. And we applauded her. I had another student. She would do a six-pack of Pepsi a day. Ooh. And when we got finished with her, she's only doing water. Yes. So there are things that we can control, but we often feel like there's no control. The other thing about the different group dynamics Mm -hmm. is there's always somebody going through something similar. So you learn from each other. You're not alone. And you're like, oh, you mean to tell me I can put the salmon in the air fryer? Yes. And we're going to teach you how to do it. Because you all thought it was only one way to do it. And, oh, I can boil an egg in the air fryer? Yes, ma'am, you can. Well, how did you find that? You too. (laughs) (laughs) There are two things. When in this season and time, people not feeling like they have control over anything mm-hmm. and absolutely feeling alone. And you just connected both of those together that when we find community mm-hmm. and we put down our ego mm-hmm. to be willing to be honest yes, and actually understand what we're dealing with. And then recognize that there are things, and we don't have to take a sweeping approach to change everything. Right. You can take baby steps. Take baby steps. It's Mm -hmm. change one thing at a time. Right. And there can be side benefits to it where you're, you're working on hypertension or diabetes, and then over here, you've lost weight. Exactly. (laughs) Because you've been doing, and you've got physical activity minutes and... They all kind of work together. And so one of the things that we're doing is trying to help people understand you do have control and try to work on it before things get out of hand and be transparent and ask for help. If you don't know, we do want you to ask for help. And when we're out in the community and at these different events and we're doing the screening, we're also navigating people. There are some people who don't have health insurance. Mm -hmm. So we can navigate them to the right people Mm -hmm. so that they can get that health Mm -hmm. insurance. Or they're having trouble 
with their transportation to go get their medicines. And that's why they're not doing so well because they're not taking their medicine because they didn't have transportation. We found that 80% of our health is outside of the medical office. Wait, say that again. 80% of our issues around health is outside the office. So you think I'm going to the office and they're going to name all these things, but there's all kinds of other things. It's trust. Mm -hmm. There's um, issues of food insecurity or transportation. We call them social determinants of health mm -hmm. because what happens is those things affect your health. And you're like, we're spending more time asking our patients, how can we help? What kind of things do you need? Do you have trouble with electricity? Then we need to help you get your electricity so that you can cook the food in the microwave if that's an issue. I mean, so our goal is with the Jefferson Collaborative for Health Equity is to decrease these inequities. So our health improves because we have the other things that we need to keep the health going well. I had no idea that the number, when you think about 80% of the health issues are outside of- The clinical setting. Yes. And there are so many conversations that we have had that deal with understanding inequities, embedded inequities. Mm -hmm. And when we are willing to um, pull back and actually talk about what are the disparities that are creating barriers for to access, yes, to support, yes, that's a that is a huge number. Yes, yeah, so that's what we're digging at. We're trying to figure out how to make those communities where there are food deserts, how to make sure that the community-based organizations are being helped and and foster the community mm -hmm. that they're in. So it's a really awesome organization mm -hmm. to an opportunity to start helping design and implement programs that will be beneficial for people in high-risk communities. Mm -hmm. I have a question, mm -hmm. uh, and this is a, a, a kind of a creative, abstract one. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, mm -hmm. what would it say to the communities and why? It would say something around the fact that you can do it, but we're here to help. Take control of your health. Take it back, so to speak. Because yeah. I think what happens is we let it go. And so I'm like, all right, let's reel it back in. Take control of your health. And we at the collaborative are here to help. Wow. And so one of the things that we want people to understand is we have control. I really think that is so paramount. And our other goal is to increase the uh, voice of the community, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. really amplify that voice because one community may be different from another community. Right. And they may have different needs. Mm -hmm. And so our goal is to amplify the voice of the community and 
let us help in some way, form, or fashion, whether it's screening, whether it's education, whether it's grants. Mm -hmm. So that's the exciting part. But I would say um, take back control. And I guess I can't use Nike. Just do it. (laughs) Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. You know, we had a question Mm -hmm. um, from one of our listeners. And I know one of the areas that uh, going, it's almost like a bridge between what you just shared, going back to as we get older, as well as thinking that I just don't have any control over this. Some episodes ago, I had the menopause whisperer Uh on on the show Uh because I feel like menopause is this thing that every woman has to go through, but nobody is talking about it. And- So one of the the questions from our listener Uh was, how do you get um, menopause weight off? (laughs) (laughs) Don't don't look at me like Um, that. You know, that's a hard one. Mm -hmm. I mean, you really can't say taking the menopause weight off. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we spend a lot of time on the number and weight, but we really need to be thinking about what you're doing overall. Yes. So to 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 work on the lifestyle changes and not worry about the weight. Yes, we love it if you lose the weight, but mm-hmm. if you have menopausal weight, you're right. It may not go anywhere. Mm-hmm. I had one of my students, she said, Dr. Witt, because we explained to him how we're supposed to measure your waist. Mm-hmm. Because if your waist circumference is increased, that means you're at increased risk for heart disease. And she and I said, okay, we can give you a tape measure so you can measure your waist. She says, I'm not doing that, Dr. Witt, because my waist is not going anywhere. I said, okay. But are you walking? Are you doing those things that you need to do? You're eating properly. You're drinking your water. You're making sure you're moving. Your heart is happy because you're doing something. So I would say don't worry so much on the number. One of the things we talk about is, yes, we like for you to lose the weight. But can you just maintain and not get more weight? Yeah. If you're gaining weight, then we're in, we're like, okay, we got to work on that. But that that menopause thing is not anything you can control. It's all hormonal. Mm-hmm. And I was waiting for, and I was actually hoping you would make that statement because I feel like we are so often pursuing a number yes. or we're watching a scale yes, and the discouragement of not seeing the number move on the scale creates a cycle of disappointment and defeat that we then sabotage our own selves by then stopping Mm -hmm. the the very thing that we need to do consistently for overall wellness. It's not just about the number. Right. It's It's, overall wellness. It's the wellness. It's the lifestyle. It Mm -hmm. is 
do you are you actually paying attention right. to your overall numbers for your body as far as um your uh diabetes and your cholesterol mm -hmm. and and your movement minutes mm -hmm. those are the numbers right. we want to know about right. not just the numbers on the scale yes and oftentimes people get fixated on the weight and they'll do drastic things like starve themselves or something of that nature Said, well, I can't eat, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. But that's not so. Our goal is healthy eating, making sure you change your habits. You don't eat so late at night. You make sure that you're moving. You make sure that you do have an opportunity to have some ice cream here and there. You just can't do it every night. Yeah. yeah. You know, and get In your moderation. mindset. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Get your mindset that you are supposed to get some form of rewards. Mm. And I think when we when you think about establishing healthy habits, that there has to be some benefit mm -hmm. that your body and mind mm -hmm. receives in order for it to even become established as right. a habit. So, you know, it takes the 21 days to do it over and over and over for it to become a habit. And I really, really encourage that because I've done it myself. I remember when I first started doing my walking, I would put on my run keeper and I said, let me see if this really works. So I just walked for five minutes and I was like, oh yeah, I guess I did do so many steps. Mm -hmm. And so then I would say, well, you know what? I am gonna walk a little further. Mm -hmm. And I did to the point where it's like, it's, it's yeah. a habit. Yeah. And then if I don't walk, I feel like I'm missing something. My heart is not happy. It was usually speaking loudly that is proud of me. Mm -hmm. I always ask my, my participants, did you um uh, think about your heart today? Mm. And they're like, you know, I didn't, but if it stopped, or you, jump to beat. <laughs> you think about it then. Right. <laughs> so we got to think about these things that we're recommending is for our heart. And for those people that you are around, you know, the grandbabies, the nieces, the nephews, they need that mm -hmm. wisdom. And you have, to, and, and ministry, you mm -hmm. have to be healthy enough to do all that. Mm -hmm. But just make sure you take a moment to take a, you know, step back. Mm-hmm. We started this conversation by you stepped on people's toes from the from the very beginning uh -huh. and you acknowledged how we needed to be willing to think about what is it that keeps you in the hustle. Yes. And that you could actually train people to continue to expect that hustle. And and I think of that as almost a, a wired process where it becomes this automatic. Yes. But what you just said is if you start small and continue to build, mm -hmm. instead of being wired to always be on the hustle, you could literally wire your body to desire the movement, to desire the water, to desire whatever the healthy change is Yes. and reverse that exhaustion through the hustle grind mm -hmm. into really your body is hungry for the harmony habit. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And and 
your body will realize I need an exhaust valve. Mm -hmm. I'm under so much stress. I need to step back. And then how am I going to do that? Am I not going to answer the phone? I practiced this maybe about maybe about 10 years ago. You know, when the phone rings, you automatically pick it up. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to answer for a change and just see how it goes. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to get, you know, program that as soon as it rings, you automatically answer. And I was talking to a pastor and he said, sometimes, you know, you just have to let um, it go ahead and then phone rings and things will take, be taken care of without you answering. Yeah, Give them time. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I can do that. And it works. Yeah. But you have to decide what it is you're going to do. You know, I talked to my students about putting your phone on airplane mode or taking the, the breathing and meditation. Or one of my students said, I take a nap. Yes. Is my release valve when I'm under extra stress. Mm -hmm. But you have to do what's right for Mm -hmm. you. And I always say one size does not fit all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everybody has their own individual thing that they have to do. Now, we can't say, you know, your relieving stress is your ice cream, bowl of ice cream every night. Good choices. Exactly. Better, better, better choices. Better choices. Better choices. (laughs) Wow. Wow. Dr. Witt, we are at the last three minutes of our show. Oh, boy. I know. Uh-oh, I know. Uh-oh. But though, for those who are on Facebook, hang on because we have an after after party conversation with oh. Dr. Witt. So stay on okay. if you're on Facebook. But for our Voice America community, um, Dr. Witt, we would love to understand all of the equity work that you are doing with Jefferson. How can people support the work that you're doing with the last two minutes that we have? You know, the thing that I would love is that you spread the word to the young people. We want it to be intergenerational. We want people to understand how they watch the prevent strokes prevent high blood pressure, prevent diabetes. What's happening is we understand it goes out by word of mouth. We can send all the emails we want and only a few people show up to open this gift. Mm, But I think the most important thing is when you hear this kind of information, that you share it. Young people, old people, young. it's, It's such an important thing that... You do in in between ages and watch your little people. All right. So yes. you can't have that Big Mac mm-hmm. every week. I'm going to start doing the vegetables. You know, mm-hmm. we say the five fruits and vegetables. All right. Which vegetables are you going to try? Oh, asparagus. What's that? No, we don't want to hear that. So I think that would really help. When you hear about the equity coming to your neighborhood, to your community, participate, bring people Mm. so that they can glean from the information and change their lifestyles before they get the diagnoses of hypertension, chronic metabolic disease, diabetes. So what is, what's the... Either the website, how can they look up the Jefferson Collaborative? They can just type in the Jefferson Collaborative for Health Equity. Um, The other, uh, that's probably the best way just to Google that and it will come right up. 
Because if I give you the um, the older um, web link, you'll be like, that's not what she said. (laughs) So I would say just to Google the Jefferson Collaborative for Health Equity um, is ideal. Um, Of course, uh, you can send messages to me and we can get you to the right place. But we have all kinds of programs, diabetes prevention, diabetes self-management, hypertension, smoking cessation, um, nutrition counseling, all that good stuff. Wow. This has been a powerful flip side conversation on our health. And you don't have to feel powerless. Yes. Know your numbers, take back your power. And there are things that you can, can do. Control. Yes. yes. So thank you so much, Voice America community. It has been an amazing conversation. Same time, same place, same location <laughs> next week. We wish you well. Thank you for tuning in to Living Strong, the flip side of adversity. Please join your host, Dr. Veerdra Jackson, for another edition of our show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week.